Well, Jesus, uh, thank you for being a two. For most of us in this room, at some point or another, God, we want to run away. The truth, you are, and you are, and, and you are, and you are hope, and you are, and you are, and you are morning that you look at the steps of each one of us today. Frightening thing, and that can be a really hard But the truth is, you know, and God, you know every one of us is seeking what life is. We live it. How can we Jesus, that today, well, um, we're going to need here with us. Your presence is with us. And now I'm just going to ask, on behalf of everybody who's here, thank you that we can come right to your throne right now, and we can ask you, the one true, like really, truly living God, to give us grace and mercy this morning to help us. And my prayer for grace and mercy this morning, God, is that you would truly open the eyes of our heart so that we can understand what life is. That's what I pray for in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Man, good to be with you guys. Uh, somebody was saying to me earlier, it's like, uh, aren't you so glad you don't have to run back and forth between the red and the white building? And uh, it's, it's moments like these that I'm so grateful that that's not happening anymore. To be able to just be in here and worship together with all of you is a really, really sweet gift. And um, so I, as I was standing kind of back here, though, just looking around, it just made me realize again, uh, really, truly, um, I hope you know this morning that God really loves you. Like, really does. And I know some of you see lots of familiar faces. <laughs> those of you who've been with us for 10 years, those of you who are really part of K2, some of you have just started engaging this community. Some of you are maybe here for the first time. Some of us in this room, we really believe this stuff. <laughs> some of us are kind of wrestling with this stuff. And some of us in this room, we don't know if we buy this stuff. And I just want to say, every one of you in this room today, you are so dearly loved by God. And Jesus did really come as he, I love, my, my favorite verse for a long time was John 10, 10. I love the fact that it's 10, 10. You can remember that one. Perfect, perfect, right? And that verse simply says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that you might have life and life to the full. And I just want you to know this morning that means for every one of you in this room. So we're in this series called Hold On. And as we introed it last week, it's because we're moving, and that truth is, when you move, there are always some things that you're glad to get rid of. There are some things that you can't take with you. <laughs> there are some things, therefore, that when you go, and we talked about this last week, that when we get to our new facility, there's going to be things you love, there's going to be things you don't like, there's going to be things that work really good, and there's going to be things that don't work. There's going to be things that we totally nailed, and there's going to be things we missed. And that's just going to be part of changing. That's just part of that. And we talked a lot about that last week. But the reason we're doing this series is because every time you move, and all of you raise your hands, we've all moved, there's some things that you would never, ever leave behind. And that's what we're talking about. What are we as K2 the church, no matter where we are, whether we're in a warehouse or whether we're in an old bowling alley <laughs> or whether we're in a barn, where it's K2 going to be? Well, as I was thinking about, um, I looked around my house for uh, 
something that I have taken with me, something that I hold on to. And no matter where I go, no matter where I move, um, I will take this with me forever. This is uh, my mom's old jewelry box. And uh, so my mom died in 1990 at the age of 54. She got cancer at the age of 51. It's kind of freaking me out because I turned 50 this year. When I think, I, I mean, that's, that's a really bizarre thing to, think, to remember that as a 23-year-old young man, to remember my mom getting cancer way too early. And now to know that I'm only a year away from that, that's crazy. So man, you want to talk about life? Kind of makes you think about life, doesn't it? Like that's what happens when people we love die. It makes us think about what are we really living for? What, am I actually living the life? And what happens when you go? Because you all know you're going to go, right? We're all going. And so, but I, uh, when my mom passed away, we looked around the house and we said, uh, man, is there a keepsake? We'd love for everybody to be able to have a keepsake. And it was hilarious, you guys. We looked around the house. My mom didn't own anything. I'm serious, it was, it was bizarre. We looked around the house, nothing was really hers. Went into her bedroom, nothing was really hers. There was nothing really of value that my mom had around the house. And what was crazy is, that said so much about my mom. Because when we had her funeral, you know what was cool? People stood up forever. Everybody loved Joanne Nelson. You know why? Because Joanne Nelson loved everybody. And the coolest thing about my mom was, she just wasn't about herself. <laughs> and it was so evident because of what was left. And so my sisters, one took the wedding band and the other one got the engagement ring because those were hers and those were valuable. So they, they each got one of those. And this was the coolest thing I could find. <laughs> now it's kind of cool because it's old and it's, it's neat. But I want to tell you, uh, one of the things, the reason I take this with me, I can't look at this thing ever without thinking about my mom. And what I love is the first thing that I remember is when my mom died, she didn't have anything but a ton of people who loved her to death. So today, we're going to talk about what it means to hold on to life. And I think my mom had a secret about what it means to really live. So let me pray before we jump into this passage, and let's ask God, again, one more time just to touch us. Jesus, we look to you right now, and now I just simply want to pray for this word to come from you. This is the word of God. This is your revelation to us. These aren't my ideas. My goal today with all my heart, Jesus, I just want to teach, I want to do your teaching, not mine. So I pray for that grace to be able to do that, and then I pray that everybody in here would have ears to hear. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So here, here's the passage here. So let me just tell you how we came up with the series too. What I did is I just went in the scriptures and I, I uh, actually, it was kind of funny, about a year, over a year ago, um, I actually had the idea for this series. And what I do is I have a long, uh, I have a piece of paper and anytime an idea for a series for K2 comes, I just put it on this page and I keep a long list of potential things. And I, I, I remember there's, there's just certain really key passages in the Bible that say to hold on to these things, take hold of these things. And I always thought, well, that'd be really cool to, to, to think about what is it that in all of your life, what are some things we should never let go of? And then, um, and then it ended up working to be this series. 
Well, here's one of the key passages where, um, where God's telling us to hold on to something. Paul is writing to a young pastor named Timothy, and he says this. You, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Very popular passage. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold. Here it is. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then at the end of the section, it goes on with some stuff, and we'll get to that later. And then at the end, he says, in this way, Timothy, they will lay up treasure for themselves. Because he's telling Timothy to now tell everybody else too, right? To, take hold, to, to really hold on to this. And he says, they'll lay treasure of, for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Now, can I just ask you, how many of you want to live life, right? So when the Bible says, hey, take hold of the life that is truly life, see, my, my ears perk up. I'm like, that's what I'm looking for, man. That's why I've tried that job and this job and that girl and that girl, right? <laughs> Come on, y'all do. So trying to find the life. So what is it? What is eternal life? I just want to tell you, man, it's not just going to heaven. John 17, 3, Jesus point Blake defines what eternal life is for us. And he says, this is eternal life. That you may know the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is actually knowing God. Now, we always have to stop here, have to, because in our educational system, the way we grew up was if I could, if you asked me questions and I could spit back information, then that meant I knew something, right? So I've told, I've said this all the time. I graduated with a 3.5 in college and I knew nothing. Anybody else? See, but what happened through that way of education is when you opened up the Bible you, and you went to Sunday school, it's like, well, if you can spit back what the Ten Commandments are and if you can name who the Twelve Disciples are and if you know what the fruit of the Spirit is, you know, if you know these things, then you know God. And it ain't true. Because that didn't give anybody life. Anybody can memorize stuff and spit it back. What actually will give you life? You got to know him. Knowing Jesus Christ and the one true God. He is, and here's what it means to know, right? So I know my wife, and the reason I know Susie, not know about her, the reason I know her is because I have let her into my life. <laughs> that's how you know someone. And that's true with every one of you. The, to the level I let you into my life is the level I actually get to know you because I see how you respond to me. Now, that's half of it. The other way I get to know my wife, Susie, is I actually have to get into her life. So I engage in her life. It's not about me, right? It's not about her. It's about us. And so the more I let her in, and the more I am interested in her and engage in her, then I know her. And I want to tell you, every one of you, this is how you know God. The only way you really know him, and that's why some of you in here, you've been in church maybe numerous times, 
and yet God feels so distant and far away from you. That's because information doesn't bring transformation. You actually got to love God, and you got to let him love you. So eternal life is Jesus. This is eternal life. I know him. Why? Because he's in my life, and I'm in his life. And so what eternal life is, it is the life, okay, mine, that has been reconciled, redeemed, restored into the very life of Christ. So the whole message of Christianity, if you're new here today, is that Jesus Christ came so that we would stop living separated from God. And that's all sin does. Sin just makes us do our own thing so that we walk away from God. If I am separated from him, if I don't want him in my life, and if I don't gauge in his life, I don't have life because I don't know him. And so Jesus came. That is what eternal life is. So then you go, okay, awesome. It means to know him, let him in, me get in him, and now I, I can know him. Well, then what is it? How does it, what does it look like? So what you do is you simply look at the life of Christ. So if you and I want to know, how do I live a life that actually brings fullness and wholeness and completeness? Well, you get it, you receive it when you get back together with God, when he's in you and you're in him. So now you just take a look at Jesus. And therefore, you'll know what to hold on to. Okay? So follow me, I'm taking you someplace. <laughs> We're going to get to what we need to hold on to as a church. But what you got to do is you got to look at the life of Christ. John 14, 6, Jesus said this. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really, really, okay, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, he says, you do know him and you have seen him. Isn't that cool? So, because the Bible is said all the time, nobody's ever seen God, and yet it was very clear. Jesus says, no, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So in the life of Christ is how we can even know what life really is. And so there's just a couple of things, and this we're kind of going to uh, look at. So when you look at Jesus, there's two main things I see. One is he says, I love the Father, and I do whatever he tells me to do. <laughs> So one thing we can know about Jesus, if he's in me and I'm in him, then he's trying to, we talked about this last week, then he's trying to create within us a love that actually, I love the Father, so I do whatever he tells me to do, right? That's one of the things we're going to take with us to this new place. The other thing Jesus said is he says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life away as a ransom for many. And this, I just want to tell you, man, I think this is one of the reasons that we sing that song and say, oh, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms. Why? Because we have a God who's not going, serve me. He's going, let me serve you. Isn't that cool? What kind of God is that? I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to give my life away as a ransom for who? Many. Okay, so that's eternal life. And once I start to know Jesus, once he comes in me and I start engaging in him, then I can finally, if some of you are struggling to say yes to God, like we all do, but when we struggle, what we need is we need Jesus inside of us because he's the one who says, I, I always do whatever God tells me to do. And I want to help you do that. I want to help you do that. And I'm the one who never lives for myself. 
I, I just live to serve other people, and I give my life away for many. So, here's my phrase. When I think about eternal life, I think it's like this. It's not about me, it's about us. It's not about me, it's about us. Everything he did was about us. It was always about him and his father, about this relationship, and everything he did was about us. It was always about his relationship with the community. Now, and I, just real quick, I just want to say, notice, because I think sometimes what we'll say is, it's not about me, it's about you, right? It's not about me, it's about you. And there's something really good about that. It's so close. <laughs> but there's something not actually completely right about that statement. Because some of us in this room, you said, man, it's not about me, and it's all about you. And then the next thing that happened was, you became a doormat. And, and you became a martyr. And you completely lost your identity as a person. And Jesus, he, he didn't do that. See, that's what's so interesting about him. He never lost who he was, and yet he gave his life up completely. And the reason, I believe, is because he wasn't just giving it up for you. He was giving it up for us. See, Jesus died for us by the will of God. Why? So that he could reconcile everybody back to God. See, Jesus, he would, this is a little entry, he would never do something for you that would actually hinder true relationship with him. Listen to this one. Jesus will never do something for you that would actually hinder true relationship with him. He's not about himself. He's about us. And so if we're going to have eternal life, that's what we have to do. We have to not be about ourselves. We actually have to be about us. Eternal life is communal. Okay? Every, the very essence of God is communal. We call it the Trinity. I know I just screwed you all up right saying that right there. But it's communal. The very nature of God is communal. And God's will is communal. When Jesus came, he came so he'd unite everything. Everything. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. So, and here's the coolest thing about eternal life, you guys. Whenever we actually do what Jesus tells us to do, it brings glory to God because we actually look like Jesus. See, that's what Jesus did. His life brought glory to God. People finally got to see what God is like and it blew people away. Why? because it brings glory to God. Secondly, whenever you're living an eternal life, you will bless others. It always blesses others. So God gets glorified. People get to see what God's like. Two, it always blesses others. And three, you're free. You're free. <laughs> this is, it's so cool, man. This ain't a win-win. This is a win-win-win. It's a win-win-win. Eternal life, God gets glorified, everybody gets blessed, and you're free. So it's not about me, it's about us. And so this is what we're going to hold on to at K2, okay? Apparently scripture says, hold on to this type of life, man, no matter what you do. So the question then this morning for application is how do we actually experience this eternal life of Christ? So this, I just want to share with you, I've read this passage, we're going to go, I've read this so many times, I've, I've never seen it this way, Okay? So now we're going to look at, because I think the clue for us, according to this passage, it says, fight this fight, hold on to this life, take hold of this life, 
It's interesting, the clue how, about how to do that is in the context of this chapter. And so what, and what you're going to find here is, right, that's in the middle, and on bookend, on both sides, is Paul actually talks about money. Now, how weird is that? Fight the good fight. Live the eternal life. Well, what is eternal life again? It's not about me. It's about us. And here's what I think God knows. The biggest challenge, apparently, in this passage to us actually being able to live a life that's not about me, but that's about us, is going to be our money. How many of you can say amen to that? This is, can we all disagree? Let's all, before, before you think, oh crap, we're talking about money. Can we all disagree that we all struggle with money? Let's all just put our hands up. Put your hand up. Come on, make the person next to you feel better. All right, there we go. <laughs> but let's read this and let's see. Let me, just, let me just walk you through this because here's all God wants for you. Listen to me. All God wants for you and for me is that we would really live, that we would really have eternal life. But our flesh and this world is so the antithesis of what that looks like. So here we go. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. He goes, godliness. Okay, well, what's godliness? Godliness would be, it's not about me, it's about us. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. My mom got that one. That was good. But if we have food and clothing... We will be content with that. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation. Temptation for what? I would say temptation to live for me and not for us. <laughs> okay? Temptation to live. And how many of us would say that, right? Um, those who want to get rich. If it, all of a sudden, it's like, why? Well, I want to get rich for us? Not usually. Usually, it's like, I want to get rich for me. <laughs> okay? So then he goes on. They fall into a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires. Foolish and harmful desires. And every one of us in this room knows somebody who has been deeply destroyed by money. Okay? We all know every premarital session, we will talk about money. Why? Because money is one of the top things that destroys relationships. Because it makes us think about me instead of us. So God loves you. God loves your marriage. God loves the church. So man, don't fall into the trap and into many foolish and harmful desires because they plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And, and what is evil? You guys, if you just, evil, uh, just the flip side of that is, it's just that, anything that's not of God. Okay? So some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith, they have pierced themselves with many griefs. So God comes in, he says, I love you, man. That's not life. Pierced with many griefs is not life. Ruin and destruction isn't life. Marriages separating, relationships falling apart, churches divide, that isn't life. So, he says, you, man of God, Women of God. What does it mean if you're a man of God or if you're a woman of God? It means one who lives in and with God. Okay? And so if, he, if you're a man of God, it just means I'm, Jesus is in me and I'm in him. His life is in me. I'm in him. I've received eternal life. He says, you, man of God, flee from all this 
and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. The faith. I'm going to believe that Jesus is eternal life. I'm going to believe that his way really is what brings me life. And you got to fight that, every one of us, because it's so hard to buy his life. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. And then in the sight of God, who gives life. <laughs> now listen, this is the path. I was actually going to cut these verses out, and then I read through them, and I'm like, oh, I, I can't. So um, he says, in the sight of God, talking to this young pastor, who gives life to everything, and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honor and power and might forever. Amen. Okay, yeah, okay. Thanks for those, woohoo. And uh, No, but I mean, now here's what's crazy to me. I, I was just gonna say, well, I gotta get to the point. And then I read this and I'm like, why is Paul like going, dude, I, I'm telling you, you got to make every effort. Keep this command. I'm charging you. Keep this command in the sight of God who's all of those things. And you get, like Paul's like, God, 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 God. Right? He's like, okay, that's kind of who I'm telling you this under. Okay? Now listen. Command those. Keep this command, Nelson. Command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant. Well, what does that word mean? It means to be high-minded. Listen to this definition. It means having an exaggerated sense of one's own importance. <laughs> Interesting, huh? Command them. Don't, oh, so I guess I'll do that. <laughs> you guys, let's not be arrogant. Let's not have an exaggerated sense of our own importance. There's no life in that. The beauty of Jesus Christ, why do we follow him? Because he came and he humbled himself. Nobody even knew who he was until he started doing supernatural glorious things. So let's not be arrogant, nor, verse back up there, thank you, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will, now listen, now listen to this, in this way, in the way of generosity, you will lay up treasure for yourself as a firm foundation for the coming age so that you can take hold of the life that is truly life. 
So what are we going to hold on to, man, at K2, no matter where we're at, is we're going to hold on to eternal life. We're going to hold on to life that is truly life, and we're going to fight this fight. So how do you fight, and how do you hold on? In these last minutes, I'm just going to very practically. I, I think what you do is simply you just give what you've been given. Because when you've been given something and you give it, then it's not about you, it's about us. So we're going to hold on to generosity because apparently this is life. So there's two things that God has given us that we are going to give, okay? If you're going to be part of this community, if you're part of K2, we're, we, we follow Jesus, I want this life. Anybody else want this life? Okay, so now that's why we prayed for you. I'm going to tell you, it is why we worshiped first. We felt like this is not, this is something we have to fight, because I can tell you right now, your flesh right now is going, can you, uh, I think I have to go to the bathroom, right? I think I need another cup of coffee. No, this is life. Let's trust this. So here's my first statement. Two, two things. Number one is this. Financial giving is eternal life. Financial giving is eternal life. Some of you are going, oh, God. I was too when I thought came into my head. Um, but let me explain to you. It is not, listen so clearly, it is not a means to eternal life. It doesn't get you eternal life. Eternal life is this. Eternal life is a gift. You don't earn it. You don't tithe to get it. You don't get it by any means of your going to church or being a good enough person. Okay, trying to show, look at me, Jesus, I'm like you. Come on, how many of you are like Jesus? Give me a break. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm not saying financial giving gets you eternal life. What I'm saying to you, because Galatians 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life. So you receive Christ simply by faith. And once you receive Christ, now he who is life is inside you, and he gives you eternal life. And so what happens is, as soon as you receive this, this is actually the gift that keeps on giving. Eternal life is a gift that keeps on giving because now the one who gives is inside me, and now I give myself away. And if you, have, if, if you question at all, again, about God, why worship him? You guys, because he is an unbelievable giver. I mean, Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Everything, the Bible tells us, that we have has come from God. 1 Chronicles 29.14 says, Who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. So God has given us everything, even our life. I was praying that this morning. I was like, my very soul is a gift from God. That's, un that's crazy. So how is financial giving about you and God? Because Jesus said everything he did, it was about us. So the first thing you need to understand is in this passage, when he says be generous and willing to share, he's not even talking about tithing, right? Tithing is simply, tithing reveals what is first in your life. That's all it does. So, and here's why God said you should tithe. No, not should. Here's why God says tithe. Um, because what you give first to shows what's first in your life. That's it. And here's the weird thing about God. He doesn't sit in second chair. Does anybody know that? See, because then he wouldn't be 
God. Okay, you guys get that. That's how that works. So what he says is, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So I know if I'm actually first, if you give me first. And so some of us right now, you're struggling with a connection with God. But I want to tell you, I think it could be simply because you aren't giving first to him. This is so about you and him. God's not like, I need your money. He's not saying, no, he doesn't need your money. Are you kidding me? I think God's got a few coins. He's good to go, all right? What God is most interested is you and him. He's interested in your relationship. So watch this story, and then we'll move on. So Jen and I always believed in tithing, but we disagreed on the amount that we should tithe. I always felt like I'll tithe on the amount that I pay myself out of my business, but Jen felt like, well, I feel like we have to tithe on the amount that the money brings, or the, the business brings in. Just this last winter, or the end of the winter, beginning of spring, I had come up with a system that worked logistically in my head on how to tithe from the business. So I did it. I just went through and tied. Tithe, when Amos saw, he was a little upset about it. So right after that happened, that was the probably the worst month I had ever. And so in July, Rut gave a message on tithing. There's a few points in the message that really just spoke right to my heart. So I started thinking, well, what are my first fruits? And I started thinking, well, that would be the money my business brings in. Right there, I just I felt like God just told me, I want you to. I want you to start doing this. I want you to tie it on what your business makes. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to test you on this. I'm, gonna, I'm willing to give this a try. And so the next week, I, I made the first deposit based on the amount that, that came in for the business, not knowing what was, what was in store, but it was immediately in the weeks to follow, like doors just opened up in my business and money just started coming in. like drastically. It just blew my mind. I said, wow. I was just like, God, I, I can trust you in this. And so I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. And I just did it out of faith. When all the doors opened and money started coming in, I, I just realized that, that it wasn't about the money. It wasn't that God wanted my money but he wanted my heart and he wanted my trust. It made me realize that, that God does have my back and, and that I can trust him. And I know there's other areas of my life that I need to turn over to him and give control of. And I'm looking forward to just for him to work in me in the future and just continue to grow. See what God really wanted and what God really wanted Amos to know was you can trust me. That if you follow me, if you follow what I'm telling you to do, you will then experience me. And I want to tell you guys, that's eternal life. Once you really start to experience God. And so for us, what are we going to hold on to, you guys? This is what we're taking with us. We are going to take with us to, to our new building or no matter where we go. K2 is always going to take the eternal life that came to us as a gift. And it's a God who gives and gives and gives.
And so it, now this is, financial giving is about you and God because it simply allows you to trust him. It allows him to show up and that faith will unite your heart and you'll experience him. But financial giving is also, also about us. I'm gonna take like two seconds. Here's the other thing we know, right? Is when we, when we come together and we give um, to, to each other financially, it, generosity affects everybody. <laughs> it affects all of us. So every blessing that we get here at K2 The Church, every ministry that happens, everything that's going on in the kids, everything that goes on in every ministry that we do, it happens simply because we in this building said, guess what, it's not about me, it's about us. And then you give, and here's what happens. What happens? You give generously, and you actually, what? You give glory to God because you look like him. And people go, oh, you're a Christian. I know, if you're, well, if you're a Christian, that means you're generous. Right? Isn't that how it should work? I know. And then the problem is, right, what happened, man? TV junk and TV pastors and everything made, oh, you're a Christian. You just want my money. <laughs> totally flipped it around. No way, baby. If you're a Christian, you give glory to God because it's not about me. It's about us. And then secondly, it blesses other people. It just does. And thirdly, guess what will happen? Why do you think they call it financial peace, a road to Freedom. <laughs> And all of us, man, God just wants to set your heart free from stuff that can bring you down to ruin. It's a win, win, win. So that's one thing we're going to take. Second thing falls right in line, and I'm just going to touch on it here today. But because um, it's so similar, and that is uh, this. Who's laughing at me already? <laughs> you know, it was kind of, I'll laugh too, because it was funny when I looked in the mirror last night, yeah, that looks pretty dorky. And what's interesting is we don't like to put these on, you know? But I want to tell you this. Serving is eternal life. You don't serve again to get God's favor or to make him like you. But if Jesus is in you, guess what you do? See, this is what he did, right? When his disciples were hanging all together, he took off his clothes. He put a towel, wrapped a towel around himself, got down on his knees, and he washed his disciples' feet. This would be, I'm not going to take off my clothes and put on a towel. Um, thank you. <laughs> but I want to tell you, anybody should be able to say, oh, you follow Christ. Oh, you follow Christ. Christ is in you. So it's not about you. It's about us. And so this is what Jesus did. And how is serving about you and God? Well, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. You guys see that? Do you, do you see this? When you receive Christ, his spirit gets inside you. And then as soon as he does, it says the spirit kind of determines. He goes, now I'm going to give you a gift. And what is this gift? Oh, really? What is it for? Oh, it's for service. Interesting. We serve the same Lord. But then he says, but here's what's cool. God actually, look at the last few words. God does the work. Right? That's why we love the verse. We're not saved by, by works. Right? But we are God's workmanship. He goes to work in us. And now the next thing you know, so how is serving about you and God? Well, if the Spirit of God is inside of you, if, you're, if you've received eternal life, then I can tell you this, then you serve. That's just what it looks like. And so again, so if you find yourself, man, I'm still all about me. 
then I bet you're sensing a disconnect with God and you're not experiencing the freedom and the blessing that God really wants to give you in your life. So if you're a follower of Christ, this is why we're going to take this with us. Because this is what brings glory to God because we look like Jesus. And it's what blesses other people. And it's what sets us free. Oh my gosh, can you imagine waking up in the morning and not thinking about yourself first? Wouldn't that be awesome? Come on, wouldn't that be awesome? Man. So, by grace, we're a part of his body. But how is serving about us? Well, the next verse goes on and says this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. You guys, this is just how the body works. And it's a beautiful thing about Jesus. So at K2, what we're going to do is, you know what? I'm holding on to the eternal life. The world, everything around me says I should think about me. My flesh wants to think about me. But that is ruin and destruction. So I'm going to be committed to giving financially because that's just what Jesus is all about. And I'm going to be committed to serving. And so I'd love for you guys, every one of you, just grab your program and just pull this card out. Because I do want to tell you, man, when we, and, and, and so again, the serving was for each other. The verse says, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. That means for us. And so I just want to tell you, if K2 is your church, if this is your church, then somehow, some way, God is saying, listen, I put my Spirit inside of you, and I, you're supposed to be serving each other. You're supposed to be bringing your gift, and if we do, then guess what? everything that God wants to do through K2, the church, get done. But it takes every part of the body. And I just want you, as in these last minutes of the service, there is join a serving team. Well, why in the world would we have this on our card? Because serving is eternal life. <laughs> it is life. It is Christ. And so if you are a part of this body, but you haven't jumped in yet, then I just want to encourage you, man, take this. If you need to, pray about it or fill it out today. And when we take our offering later in the service, get ready to drop this guy in. But somewhere, somehow, you and I, we're going to take hold of the life that is eternal life. Now you guys know, band, you guys can find up. Now you know why we needed to pray and why we needed to worship. Because this is where we go, well, that doesn't sound like much fun. I don't want to like give my money or give my time. That's life? See, that's why Jesus had to come. <laughs> and he had to reveal to us, you guys, the way you're doing it ain't working. Well, I know that, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> right? Your relationships are falling apart. Well, I know. Here's why. The very nature of God is to give. And so we give our time, and we give our talent, and we give our resources. And that is life. So, let me pray for us. Actually, let's do this. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to close. And we're going to close with a final song that is uh, one of my favorite, favorite songs. I listen to this a lot for me. Greeters, come on forward. And we're going to take our offering. We do every time. So again, I don't have to say anything about that, do I? Um, no, seriously, what I mean by that is um, just, again, do not give to gain God's favor. Do not give to try to prove to him that you're anything. But if you have Jesus Christ inside of you and you have eternal life, then be like Christ and give and enjoy it. Know that when you do this, it'll bring glory to God. It'll bless others and you'll be free. And then while the offering, you guys can go ahead. Oh yeah, let me, let me pray over it. Lord, 
thank you for this message. We need this truth because we would never believe that this is the way to life. We needed you to come and to save us from our sin, save us from ourselves, and give us the power to live differently. And I pray that you would grant that even in these last moments, God. Even as we worship you with our finances, as we worship you in this song and listen to you, may your spirit, may your spirit who gives life fill us and empower us to be like you for your glory, for the blessing of others, and for our own freedom. And we ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So just listen intently to these words. Soak them in as Kim sings them. And just be prayerful in your own heart as we close our time here.